peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? Thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You could be anywhere doing anything that you are here listening to me. And I want you to know that I greatly appreciate that. Oh, man. Uh, I think there's a lot we probably need to know. Uh, I think there's a lot we probably need to think about. So I did a video very similar to this almost the same video um i can't remember the title it's it's on my thinking youtube channel or you can uh go to itunes google podcasts what have you and check it out uh, if i remember the title i'll post it in the description of this but i went over the declaration of independence and my whole purpose and reasoning for going over the Declaration of Independence was people need to really understand what was the intent of the founders. Because if you're going to analyze this legal document that was laid out, you have to understand what was going through the minds of the people at that time. What was the thing that was prevalent in their mind? What, what was the thing that overpowered their thoughts? What was what was the the overriding idea that was permeating everyone's brain as they were brainstorming the, the the U.S. Constitution. And if you read the Declaration of Independence, you will understand what the entire framework of their minds w- was on the Constitution. And it'll give you, I, I, I think, understanding the Declaration of Independence, reading it, digesting it, gives you a better understanding of the constitution. I'm no constitutional scholar. I'm not claiming to be a constitutional scholar, but there are certain things where it's just cut and dry. And I think there are certain things that we see going on in Washington that is, it is clear. It is not even up for debate. And many of these people don't even understand the U S constitution. I'm I'm going to tell you this. This is going to make some people so mad because we are so tribalistic in this. Donald Trump did not understand the U.S. Constitution. You can tell from many things he, he, he did that he did not understand the U.S. Constitution at all. He did not understand that that was his sole duty to defend that. I don't think he understood that. A lot of people will disagree with me, and I understand that. I don't, I don't think he did. Kamala Harris does not understand the U.S. Constitution at all. My opinion, this is my opinion based on observation, seeing the things that she's done throughout her career. Joe Biden does not understand the U.S. Constitution at all, like not even remotely. There are many presidents who I believe did understand the U.S. Constitution. 
There are many politicians who understand the U.S. Constitution, and that's clear. It's evident because they, they find ways to be very cunning and crafty how they get around it. Why that is allowed is because we, the people, don't understand the U.S. Constitution, because if you did, there are certain things when it happens, there would be uproar immediately. You see, if someone can do something unchecked, then they know, okay, these people don't really know what's going on. They're not hip. They don't, they don't understand. If, if someone can, can do something that is against the Constitution, and there is absolutely no, no pushback whatsoever, you know what's playing in their head? Shots fired. They know, oh, this is the kill shot. We going in. <laughs> we going in and nobody's going to stop us. There's a book that I'm reading. This book right here is called On Tyranny. I was in a bookstore uh, in this little beach community where I live with my youngest daughter this uh, Sunday. And we went we went to this bookstore, really nice bookstore, Sundog Books on 30A if you're ever in Northwest Florida. This book caught my attention. Now, I looked up the man who wrote it, Timothy Snyder. Uh, the reason he wrote this book from everything I can gather is because he felt like the last administration was, was being tyrannical, right? And the title of the book is On Tyranny, 20 Lessons from the 20th Century. Here's what's really funny, and it, and this is what happens when you get tribalistic. Now, I'm not going to tell you everything he said in this book is true because I've not read through the whole thing just yet. I started it this weekend, kind of put it down. It's actually an interesting read. Just because somebody's on a different side of the aisle from you, that doesn't mean everything they're saying is wrong. And I know there's a lot of my 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 friends who are ardent Trump supporters. I'm not afraid to admit I voted for Trump this last election. I've never talked about that, especially during the election, because I didn't think it really mattered um, as, as far as who I was going to vote for, because if you listen to my videos, it would have been evidently clear. And I voted for him because his policies, in my opinion, were the better policies for the country moving forward. And I think at this point, that's not really up for debate. I think if you look at everything going on, you're not going to really debate that. Yeah, this dude was probably look, he was rude. He was crass. He did not understand the U.S. Constitution. And it really ticked me off. But the things, many of the things he was doing is what the country needed to move forward. It was it was at a bare minimum. It was a framework that would get us moving in the right direction. Get jobs back. We have too many regulations. Uh, you know, we need to build our own infrastructure. We need to stop focusing on all these foreign wars. Those were all things I could get behind. I was like, yo, this this is OK. You get my support this time around. I didn't vote for you the first time. But, you know, looking at what you did based on your record, I was pleased before coronavirus, before any of that happened, I was literally pleased with the job he was doing. That doesn't mean I like everything he said, his demeanor. That was irrelevant. When I elect, when I elect a politician, would I love to have a moral politician? Absolutely. I would love that. 
but I'm not electing a pastor. I'm not electing a deacon. I'm electing a man to do a political job. That's it. And, and in my opinion, he was doing a political job that we needed done at this time. But one of the chapters in this book, I kind of wanted to go through it. Don't obey in advance. Now, man, when, when I look at this, this man wrote this book in response to Donald Trump getting elected. So the things he wrote in this book was really directed at Trump, right? He believed he was a fascist. He believed he was a dictator. And he's, he's welcome to that opinion. I can understand why he had that opinion. I think there's many people who were brainwashed. Look, I'm going to say this again. Make no bones about it. I don't think. Trump under even really understood the Constitution enough to be what people claimed that he was. The one thing that was clear in my mind, what I saw in the four years that he was president, maybe that's changed now. Maybe he's been influenced. A lot of things he's been saying. I'm like, ah, you kind of off, buddy. You need to somebody needs to talk to you. But at that time, I was like, yo, this man loves America and what is the problem with loving the land where you were born? This, like, I understand the whole motherland roots where my ancestors were from. I am, I am in many ways influenced by my ancestors, right? This is the bloodline I came up through. But their homeland is not my homeland. That is the land of my ancestral origin for sure. Africa. I was born in the United States of America, Brooklyn, New York. This is my homeland. So I love my country. That doesn't mean everything my country does is right, but this is my homeland and I love it and I want it to thrive. So one of the things he wrote in his book, do not obey in advance. I want you to listen to what he says in light of everything we see going on now. Most of the power of authoritarianism is freely given in times like these. Individuals think ahead about what a more repressive government will want and then offer themselves without being asked. A citizen who adapts, uh, who adapts in this way is teaching power what it can do. Remember what I just said. Those shots fired. Once there's blood in the water, the sharks are coming. I'm just going to read a few excerpts because I think even though, in my opinion, he had this directed at the wrong person. I think what he's saying here is right. He says, um, anticipatory obedience is a political tragedy. Now, I want you to think Joe Biden said something. All of these companies went out and said, all right, we're going to do this tragedy. If when he made his statement about mandates, companies would have said, you can't do this. We will not stand for it. That pushback would have forced him to reverse course, but that's not what happened. Perhaps rulers did not initially know that citizens were willing to compromise this value or that principle. Perhaps a new regime 
did not at first have the direct means of influencing citizens one way or another. After the German elections of 1932, which permitted Adolf Hitler to form a government, or the Czechoslovak election of 1946, where communists were victorious, the next critical step was anticipatory obedience, because enough people in both cases voluntarily extended their services to the new leaders. Nazis and communists alike realized that they could move quickly toward a full regime change. Does any of this sound familiar? Excuse the dog barking in the background. But if any of this sounds familiar, it's because it is familiar. This sounds exactly like what we have going on right now. The first heedless act of, uh, of conformity could not then be reversed. We are at a pivotal time. This is the time if we were going to make a stand and let it be known to the people in Washington. Look, have you ever, have you ever thought about this? The people in Washington are your employees. It is not the other way around. We're not subjects. We're not subjects to the people in Washington. They are our employees. This is a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. I just wanted to read that small little excerpt from that book. And I want to read something. Uh, give me one second. And it's out of the Declaration of Independence. It, it's, it's just the, the first uh, beginning paragraphs. And it will definitely show the intent, excuse me, I kind of got sidetracked. It would definitely show the intent of the framers of the U.S. Constitution. And it will show kind of what was going on in people's minds at the time. Okay, so when you look at the Declaration of Independence... We're just going to read a few sentences. I'm not going to go long. Like I said, I got another video where I believe I went through the whole thing. When in course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal uh, station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Let that sink in. Soak, soak that up right there. What was said. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Right? So this is talking about, Hey, we had a form of government. We now have to part our ways. This is what was going through their mind. Now, now listen to what was said next. We hold these truths to be self-evident. So they're like, yo, these are things that is, this is not even debatable. That all men 
are created equal. This is one of the reasons why slavery would never stand, right? Because this country would only have to come to this logical conclusion if this document were to hold. Slavery could never stand. You can you can look at any historical documents, uh, a lot of historical history buffs. I'm, I'm a history enthusiast. I wouldn't call myself a history buff, but there was huge debates uh, during the first Continental Congress about slavery. It, it, an interesting study is how how slavery and the transatlantic slave trade was continued in in the United States under the influence of England. That's an interesting study to do. I'm not going to get into that right now, but if you ever want to, if you ever want to see something interesting, look look into how how England England at the time influenced the United States pretty much to continue slavery. Not going to get into all of that. Another video for another day. All right. Okay. But they hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Think about that. Inalienable rights. Could they have been more clear in the things that they were saying? Could, could this, could this not be more obvious? Let's, let's look up this word, uh, inalienable. Because again, I, I know sometimes when, when words are not really used, we kind of, you know, lose the meaning. It says not to be aided or assisted. These are inalienable. Uh, hold on. I looked up the, looked up the wrong word. That's, that's what happens sometime when you get to doing, doing this stuff live, you get messed up. I know, I knew when I read the de- definition, I was like, wait a minute, hold up. All right. Not alienable. That cannot be alienated. That may not be transferred as an alienable. So what they were saying is these are rights that the government can never take because they never gave. These are rights that you are born with and endowed to you by your creator. Not all of these men were believers. Some of these men, many of them didn't believe the Bible at all. But as I've said before, and I will say again, there were definitely people at the time that influenced them and they definitely had Bible influences. This is not a Christian nation and never was, but they were definitely influenced by these principles. All right. Inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, again, this is not a Christian nation, but it is a nation built on principles that were definitely influenced by the Bible. 100%. I don't even think that's debatable, right? So life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They said among these rights that the government did not give to you and has no right to take away from you is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are things that the government has no right to yank from you. I want you to think about this 
when you're thinking about this current situation and ask yourself, is this constitutional? You'd be hard pressed to read this, knowing the intent of the founders and be able to say that what's going on right now is constitutional. There's, there's no way you could come to that conclusion. That's all I got for you today. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.